Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, and with me today is a guest, uh, Greg Fryer, who is a missionary to New Zealand. Greg, how are you doing today? Doing well. It's good to be here. Excited to be here finally, and uh, looking forward to what's going to happen. Good, good. Yeah. So uh, l- let's do a little bit of getting to know you stuff for the for the audience. Um, you and your wife, and you have two kids, correct? Yes, sir. Little girl, two years old. Yes, sir. Cutest thing I've seen <laughs> in my entire life. I agree. And then a boy who doesn't say much. <laughs> yep. I think it's a little rude. Uh, and he's what? He's 10 uh, weeks old? 10 weeks tomorrow. 10 yes, weeks sir. tomorrow. Yep. Okay. And you guys are going to be missionaries to New Zealand, and you guys are hoping to get going there here in the next couple months, right? Yeah. Yeah. We uh, So we just applied for uh, the little one's visa or passport mm-hmm. uh, just uh, actually on Monday. And uh, we're once we get that back, we're able to start uh, the paperwork to to eventually get to New Zealand. So we get that back, and then we'll start the application process and, and get moving. Hopefully, be there early fall this year. What would be a reason New Zealand would say no? I mean, is that, you know, how, how does that work? And I know being a missionary in different countries is different, but New Zealand and America have a friendly relationship. Is there anything that would stop someone? Or is there a red flag or something? Not really, um, unless we mess something up on our end. You know, mm-hmm. if we, if we uh, made the wrong step too early or too late, uh, there are some time-sensitive portions of the visa application that we have to be aware of. If we you know, go past one of the deadlines or, or we send something out too early before something else, then then that could be an issue. But as far as us getting to New Zealand, no, there's really not a whole lot of restrictions. Um, they know what we're coming there to do. The only requirement requirement that they give us is that we uh, work under a already existing church for that first visa. And then once that visa expires and we can apply for our, our residency, we're then mm-hmm. able to launch out and, and start our work on our own. So your first visa, how long is that good for? Uh, it's about three to four years. And okay. then we'll apply for residency sometime after that that third year mark. We can begin to apply, I think, at two and a half years. And that takes us you know, into year three mm-hmm. and hopefully receive it by year four. So the nation of New Zealand wants you working under an established business, in this case, a church in their country for no less than two and a half years. That's correct. Okay. Yep. So you guys are committed to you. At least, you know, where you'll be the first two and a half years. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's not like David Livingston just going off somewhere into Africa and figuring it out. That's you, correct. You guys, because of the country are required to work with a church that's set up over there. That's correct. And it, it also helps us really to, um, just kind of have a, an avenue in, you mm-hmm. know, you know, you think of some guys that had to go just as, as pioneer missionaries, not knowing what is going to, you know, they'll, they'll embark on. We know what we're coming into. We know the man we're going to work with. Mm-hmm. So there's some, there's some peace in that, you know, moving over. Sure. So we're excited about it. Nowadays, are there many pioneer missionaries anymore? I mean, just about every country, I got to imagine, has some kind of work somewhere, doesn't it? There, there's a few. I know of one uh, right now that actually was in our candidate school for our missions agency. He was going to be a pioneer missionary over in, um, I believe it was the Republic of Congo. Hmm. Uh, that, there hasn't been one there. But there are there are plenty of nations that don't have any gospel preaching missionary there. No kidding. Um, I know. Uh, the country of the Maldives, that's mm-hmm. uh, 99.9% Muslim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we think of it as a tourist, you know, just a beautiful part of the world. 
but there are if you are caught handing out a track there, a gospel track, you'll be deported back. And wow. so there's a there's definitely nations like that. I I, I believe North Korea mm-hmm. is I would one imagine. of those. Yeah. They're closed to everything, yeah. not just missionaries. Right. So they're closed to Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. You know. So there I'm sure there's a few out there. I, I would I don't know them off the top of my head, but Okay. Yeah. Now, Greg, you and I have something in common when we started talking, because you're going to be at our church tomorrow night and present your work and show us what you guys are going to be doing. Um, And we've been talking for a little while through emails and and phone calls. So you and I have something in common, and that is that neither of us were raised in a Christian home. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So tell me about how you grew up, when you got saved. That's always an, an interesting story for you know, the, the folks that didn't say, yeah, I just went to church my whole life. You know, I was eight years old and I heard the gospel and I got saved at vacation Bible school yeah. and here I am. Yeah. So yours was a little bit different. It was. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tell you what, I would have loved to have a story like that. Sure. Um, but for me, it wasn't the case. We were raised Catholic mm-hmm. uh, my, my whole life really uh, into my early teen years. I, I was, I went to a Catholic elementary school, altar boy, um, you know, the whole nine yards. I remember one time the the priest gave me his white collar that they wear under their uh their dress shirts there and i thought man i've arrived as, mm-hmm. a, as an eight-year-old boy i have arrived i have the white collar and uh so i was you know i was just just in in embedded in that type of religion if you want to call it that and uh, it wasn't until like i said my early my early teen years that my sister began dating a man and he was a Christian and, and um, just had a heart for souls. And he he wanted to move forward with dating my sister, but but he knew that he couldn't unless he was saved. And and uh, so that was a fire under him. And so he found the church that we're now sent out of. I remember going on a Wednesday night, and I'm sure you can recall this, but I was so thankful because on a Wednesday night at the church, we didn't have to kneel. Okay. And I thought, man, I, I always hated kneeling, pulling those little bars oh, yeah. out, kneeling down. And we're taught you can't have your backside touch the pew <laughs> and all this stuff. And so your your back's just killing you. You're yep. struggling. I thought, man, I don't have to kneel. This is great. I'm sold. Let's go here. That's my life, you know? <laughs> That's all it took. Yeah. And so um, we I think we skipped the next week, and then we started going the following Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, one by one, my family got saved. And, uh, here we are now that, that boyfriend that my sister was dating is now my Mm brother-in-law. And so the Lord just worked it out. And so really for, for his passion for souls is why we're, I'm in front of you today. No kidding. So, uh, just, it's exciting. I'm humbled by it. I'm thankful for it. Uh, but just, I'll, uh, I'll be forever indebted to his passion for souls and, and, and wanting our family to be saved. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. And now, uh, you guys are. Are you guys BIMI missionaries? We are. Yes, sir. Yep, okay. So anyone can find you on the BIMI website. That's BIMI.org. Yep. And do you guys have a number or something that? We do. Yeah. Okay. We have a little, there's a PayPal link there. You can just click mm-hmm. on that PayPal link. Um, our number is 1614. And uh, yeah, to, to give or, or just pray for us, really. Yeah. Um, that's that's a wonderful thing as well. So anyone, if you go to BIMI.org, you can uh, look up uh, Greg and his wife, Becca, and their kids. You can look at their prayer letters. You can get information about what they're doing and how they're doing. You can pray for them and you can financially support them. Yes, sir. Okay. So tell me about the church you guys are going to be going to in New Zealand. Okay. It is just south of the city of Auckland uh, in a city called Manurewa. And uh, it's uh, it, Auckland is actually the biggest uh, city in the country. It's okay. In fact, there's more people in that city 
than the entire South Island of the country. If you know about New Zealand, there's a North and a South Island and uh, they, they are completely different. They're not necessarily, you know, one's better than the other. They'll argue which one's better sure, than the other, yeah. but um, the South is a lot more agriculture, a lot more farming. Mm -hmm. The North is more, you get into bigger cities and things like that, but we'll be just South of Auckland and working with the pasture there. Uh, what's the capital? I hate to tell you that that's how much research I hey, did on New Zealand that's coming fine. into this thing. Wellington. 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 Yep. And so that's in the North Island as it well. Is the very bottom part of the North Island. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. So we'll work with the pastor there. He's been pastoring for 15 years total. I believe he started this work about eight or nine years ago. So they, uh, he's been there for quite some time and, and, uh, he was, he is a, a Kiwi that's a New Zealander mm -hmm. and, uh, he was reached by a missionary. And so that's, that's really how he got introduced to the gospel, introduced to salvation, and just uh, the Lord called him to preach. And and now he's affecting even you know generations later. In fact, his the missionary that led him to the Lord just died, I believe, about a month and a half ago. And so he just it's just amazing to see the torch carried on. Oh and, yeah, uh, that's what we hope to do someday as well. Yeah, so, yeah. So now, what is your goal once you get over there? You're going to work with this church for a couple of years, and then. What's the plan after that? Yeah, so after that, we're praying about uh, a region in the South Island, and it's called the West Coast, mm -hmm. and uh, it's on the on the west side of the Southern Alps, and it's, that's the mountain range that runs up through New Zealand. And on the west side, it's a very isolated part of the country. Mm -hmm. um, it, it takes there's no just direct route to the West Coast, and so um, as far as we know, there's never even been an attempted church plant in that region of the country. So it's, it's a very, it's the people are just different. I mean, even the, the other Kiwis know the West coast is just a different breed. Mm. And so they, they just kind of, um, they're tougher. There's a lot of rain, you know, so it's kind of like a Seattle type mm -hmm. of feel, Seattle, Washington. Um, there, it used to be a coal mining town. So just kind of a rougher, you know, blue collar, let's just do this thing type of people. What's the population? Uh, just over there. 5 million. In the yeah, whole country, in the whole country, yes, and the area that you guys are thinking about starting a church in the South Island. Yes. How big of a town or city are you guys going to be near or in? Sure. So the West Coast, that little region, is about oh. thirty to forty thousand people. Oh. Yeah. And so now that spans probably, you know, over a couple hours drive. Yeah. But where we would go, there's there's two little towns that total probably, I'd say twenty thousand. Of that thirty to forty thousand in those two, they're about a half hour apart. Okay, so, so using American terms, how far from the nearest Walmart would you be? Boy, um, do they even have them on the South Island? They do, but not in that city. <laughs> not no in in Christchurch, the uh -huh. big city. Yeah. They they would have them, and that's a four hour drive. You know, to go from from where we would like to be over to Christchurch. Uh, Christ yeah, so. It'd be like there's there'd be some dollar generals if I'd put it in in American <laughs> terms. Um, maybe a McDonald's, yeah. but it's like a one stoplight type of feel. You know, okay. you, you're in this little town, you're in this town, you hop on the motorway or the highway, mm -hmm. and and you head down, and there's nothing until you get to that next little town. Now, so that's a little different than most missionaries. Most missionaries usually go for a populated area because that's going to give you a much easier time start, sure. especially starting a church. Yeah. Have you ever been in a church start or a church plant or helped out with one? Um, I not directly. My okay. my good friend was a part of a church plant, and so I kind of saw him from afar. Mm -hmm. um, but not, no, not directly, no, sir. 
Okay. So that'll be, that'll be a challenge for sure. And, and especially a whole different part of the world, you know, you add yeah. that on top of it and just the people there in that region, they just, for whatever it is, they're, they're just, they're, they're broken people. And because of that, they just really don't want much to do with anyone. Mm-hmm. And so to break that wall down is going to take some time. Uh, it's a challenge, but, but obviously the Lord Lord's in it. And so we're excited about that. Wow. Okay. So are there any concerns about going to New Zealand? I mean, we just had missionaries here two months ago that were going to Ukraine. Wow. Literally the northeastern part. Yeah. Right before everything fell apart. Yeah. Um, But I mean, New Zealand is not really a hotbed of war or terrorism or anything. As far as geopolitical areas, New Zealand is a first world country. Mm -hmm. They have first world medicine, you know, so are there any concerns as far as going over there for anything other than how long of a flight is it? I mean, if you wanted to leave right now, how long until you're in New Zealand? So if we flew from Denver, uh-huh. we'd go uh, we'd go Denver to LAX, LAX. probably. So yeah. whatever that you know what that is that flight Denver LAX. No, nah, it's going to be a couple hours, but okay. Yeah. And then add thirteen onto that. Oh wow! And so, that'll bring you directly. So from LA, there's a direct flight. There is, yep. Okay. So that would you know, let's say if it's probably 15, 16 hours. Wow. You know of of, of airtime. Yeah. And then there's there's usually a layover. You sure. Know, unless you go out of LAX. Yeah. Um, but they just introduced a flight from JFK mm-hmm. to New Zealand nonstop. And that's going to be 18 hours. Wow. On plane. Yeah. Now, so, you guys, right now, where are you based out of? Ohio, Northwest Ohio, kind of near the Michigan line. Mm-hmm. So we're Northwest Ohio. We're, we'll probably end up flying out of Las Vegas. That's where my, my wife's father pastors mm-hmm. out that way. So we'll probably, um, get a cheap flight from we fly out of Detroit most of the time. So Detroit to um, Vegas, you get them for a couple of days and then fly from Vegas to New Zealand. So. Okay. So now uh, tell everyone um, you went to Bible college, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Where'd you go to Bible college? Uh, West coast Baptist college in Lancaster, California. Okay. And your wife went there as well. Yes. Yep. And that's where you guys met. Kind of. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. We, uh, so I was actually dating another girl all through Bible college mm-hmm. and, uh, Right at my last semester, we broke up. And so those of you that are listening, if you know that, as a Bible college male graduating single. Mm -hmm. You're basically a failure. That's right. Yeah, that is the ultimate death sentence. So all the girls just marked you off, put a line through your name and said, stay away from this guy. Yeah, yeah. So I graduated single and thought, I'm a loser. I'm never going to ministry. I failed the Lord. I failed my family. (laughs) You know, it was just game over. And so my best friend mm-hmm. uh, was a, is a year younger than me, so he was still at West for Coast. one more year, one more yeah. year. And so I got home, and it dawned on me that summer that man, I'm single. Mm-hmm. And so I, <laughs> I messaged him in in the fall, and I said, "Dude, just like send me a list of five single girls." Mm-hmm. And he did. Uh-huh. And uh, he, I did he do anything? Did he take that opportunity to be mischievous? Did he find you all the cross-eyed girls missing teeth? No, and no, like, you know. Yeah, I'm thankful he didn't. He, he, man, he had me in the scope if he wanted to. If he but, wanted to pull yeah, the trigger, he yeah. But uh, man, you say, look, I, I'm sorry, Greg. This is all you got. Yeah. Okay, these are the only three that are left. Uh, right. You know, good luck. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, we fought through that. And, and to my shame, mm-hmm. my now wife wasn't even my first choice. Mm-hmm. And so I, I talked to another girl for. But on your side, you were going into the list cold. That's right. That's your, right. your friend just said, these are some girls that are single that you can approach and talk to. And, yes. Okay. So what do you, I mean? You throw a dart at the, yeah. you know, the list, you know? Yeah. So I figured, hey, if he's, if he sent me a list, you know, top to bottom. In his eyes, mm-hmm. number one is number one. <laughs> so I'm just going to trust him. And so uh, we, uh, I messaged her for a few months. She ended up lying to me. So uh-huh. that was over. And then Becca, my now wife, was choice number two. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest is history. Okay. So, praise the Lord for that. And how long you guys have been married now? A little over seven years. Wow. Yep. yep. Okay. So, that's great. Yeah. So you got out of Bible college. And what have you, how long have you been on deputation? Um, full-time deputation. We've been on, uh, just under 19 months. Okay. So we took a, my wife had a child, so we took a month off for that. Uh, then usually a month. Yeah. Wow. What a trooper. Yeah. She, uh, she's my hero. I I took a month off and then right at that month's end, I was back on the road by, by myself. She was at home. Um, and then we would take off. We took off like last December for the holidays. Well, both Decembers, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of is how, we did, it just worked out to be with family for that. And sure. then, um, yeah, so about 19 months. Yep. Okay. And then before that you've been working or were you on staff up in your church in Ohio or were you just working a job and helping out there? No. So I was on staff, uh, for my, my wife and I both, mm-hmm. uh, I was the assistant pastor there. And then we also, uh, taught at the Christian school at our okay. home church. We did that for two school years. And that took us into deputation. So you so, were a teacher as well as your wife? Correct. Yep. What did you teach? I was high school. So I did, man, I did physics, math, phys ed, mm-hmm. Bible, okay. you know, a bunch of different things. So. How did you like being a high school teacher? I learned this. It's a calling. <laughs> it's a calling. Uh, it was a challenge for sure. I, I now that I've been a teacher, I feel terrible how I was as a student when I was in high school. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I'm I'm thankful for teachers. That's for sure. If you're, if you can listen and understand this today, thank a teacher. Because, yeah, uh, it's hard work. It is. I mean, is. obviously, because your audience doesn't necessarily want to be there. That's right. You know, and you need to get them to learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, who were the worst kids? I had a kid who just loved loved video games okay which not saying bad but he would come home from school and Mm -hmm. just video games to like three in the morning oh so then it got to the point where he came to school and he was like practically sleeping yeah yeah yeah. and so i never forget i gave him a demerit which Mm -hmm. is like a you know yeah a bad thing sure uh on his birthday Uh uh-huh and i was a first year teacher so i didn't know it was his birthday Uh and this kid had gone like five years straight with no demerits. Oh. And so new teacher in yeah. town on his birthday, yeah. hands him his first one. Yeah. Oh man. The parents wrote me a letter. How could you do this? I can't believe this. My son, his birthday. But then oddly enough, at the end of that school year, I got a Christmas card from him with mm-hmm. a gift card in it for 50 bucks. From the parents? From the parents. Maybe so, it was shock and awe. They were yeah. upset initially. Yeah. You know, he's got to work through some things. And then yeah. they grew up and realized, well, he's the right. teacher. You know, maybe we should take his side instead right. of our teenage son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Right. Okay. So, how'd your life, or how did your wife like teaching? She, um, she enjoyed it. She was kindergarten. So it was a little bit different for her. Uh-huh. Um, it was more like babysitting, you yeah. know, for a few hours a day. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so no, she, she, I think she enjoyed it. You know, it's a fun age. You hear funny things they say. Yeah. 
So she enjoyed that aspect. And, and for her, it was more, you know, just get them through the day, mm -hmm. teach them some things. And then, you know, when she got home, she could kind of shut it off. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, you know, I was teaching like, you know, physics, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't have no, I have no training in physics. Oh, good. I didn't even get that far in my own high school years. <laughs> so I would go home and I would study the next lesson. Sure. You know, so that you sounded like you right. knew what day of the week it was. Right. So I would just pray yeah. and pray the next day in class, no student would ask me a question <laughs> because I didn't know the answer. I knew what I was supposed to teach and that was it. Yeah. So, um, so that, that took, you know, I would, I would study from, I would take an hour off mm -hmm. before I got home just to kind of decompress. And then we would eat supper and I would go from usually five thirty six o'clock to 11 at night prepping for the next day. Yeah. And so I was just exhausted. So you didn't have, you didn't, study education at all in college or no. that was just when you got to the church that was a need that had to be filled and you were a warm body mm -hmm. and it's like well the guy graduated college he's got to be smart enough to teach some high school kids right right that's exactly it and okay. um thank so legally i had to have some sort of an education portion of my degree mm -hmm. and so since my 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 uh, my uh, diploma said a bachelor's in biblical education. Uh -huh. There's the green light. There were oh. educations in it. And so oh. I can, I could do and it. And was that a state to state law? I believe so. In yes. Ohio. Yep, that was... I believe. Yep. Okay. Did you, and you said you taught Bible as well. Mm -hmm. How'd you enjoy that? I love that part. It, it was, it was usually about a half hour. Um, it was, it was a half hour a day right in the morning. So mm -hmm. when we, the kids got there, there was assembly say our pledge allegiance and stuff. Yeah. And then we go right in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I loved it because most of the time their minds were the sharpest because they, mm. you know, they just got to school, you know, they hadn't been through class after class. After yeah. Class. And falling asleep. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so being able to teach them that and just kind of see, see them kind of grow as well was really cool, really rewarding. So I really enjoyed that. Now over in New Zealand, what are, is there a Christian school there? Are you guys planning on homeschooling? What's the public school system like? Because obviously that's so, I mean, my audience knows that we homeschool, but I've just, it just hit me like you're going to another country and some countries it's illegal to not have your kids in the government school. I know over in Switzerland, you have to, wow. homeschooling is not allowed, you know? So what, what's it like over in New Zealand? Yeah. So you actually, right now they're kind of in a battle right now. Um, so last school year, um, a good friend of mine, who's a missionary there, um, reached out and said, Hey, what are your plans for homeschooling or teaching? And, uh, I, I, I said, well, I haven't really thought about it a whole lot. He said, well, you know, I'm going to start thinking about it because right now we just got a, a warning, an email from a government official saying that we either have to start teaching New Zealand history mm -hmm. or change curriculums or send your kid off to school. And that was a shock to him. He'd been teaching his kids for you know, the better part of four years at home Yeah, under this, under this American-based curriculum. And so he, I think he's hired a lawyer and they're kind of working through it right now. So that's kind of up in the air. I'm not too sure. There are Christian schools there. Um, we, we would be able to send our child to school for free because we're on a work visa. Mm -hmm. So that that's an option. If that's the case, we would prefer probably homeschooling. Uh, but it's just, it's kind of up in the air right now. So we're not, it's not really a, a definite answer on that. 
Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But I, I think once they kind of work through this thing, we'll have a better idea of, of what we'll be able to do. Okay. So we have a few years anyways. NOLA's two, so mm -hmm. we'll have a few years. Before you got to pull the trigger in right. one direction. Right. Are there any laws prohibiting the instruction of the Bible, given the gospel, preaching on any subjects? I know we just recently have been watching some laws being passed in Canada where all of a sudden pastors are not allowed to preach against homosexuality. Are there any things like that in New Zealand as far as um, things that are prohibited that are going to no, not currently. Um, there are some things with like outside counsel. So if someone came to me and this is, you know, obviously it's a, it's a hot topic right now. Um, identity, right? Mm -hmm. Who, who are you? Am I a male yeah. or female? Do I want sure. to change? And so if they came to me and I gave them any biblical advice and that, that counseling session got back to a government official that I gave them biblical advice, I could be fined or if they deem it detrimental enough mm -hmm. i could actually be imprisoned so that there there's things that are there's steps being taken to where that goes into law but it's not quite there yet um and that just has to do with identity politics right now correct that's yeah. the one hot button topic where th they want you to what just avoid talking to them all together yeah or just kind of i guess feed their ego to do whatever they want to do which doesn't really make sense if they're coming to you for counsel sure you don't just want to give them what they want to hear. You should give them yeah. good advice. Sound right? advice. Yeah, yeah. But they, it's very much this idea of, hey, whatever feels best for you. Hey, truth is your truth. You do your truth. Yeah, you know, and, and that thing. goes great with the Bible. Oh, I mean, yeah. that fits right in right. with everything yeah. Jesus said. Just Absolutely. Like Burger King Christianity. Have yeah. it your way. Yeah, do you what? do you. Yeah. Oh, boy. that Yeah, that could be a mess. Yeah. So, and there are some things kind of, so in, in March of 2019, there was a, a, a shooting in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. A man came in. Um, he had it filmed on Facebook Live. He walked into a mosque. Okay. And there were people worshiping in there. He killed 51 people in a matter of When did of this happen? Uh, March of 2019. Man, I don't even remember hearing about that. No, it, it, was, it was really a shocker for the country of New Zealand. You just you they don't haven't hear, had those. No. Okay. There's no, I mean, it's a... In fact, this year it was ranked the second safest country in the world wow. outside of Iceland. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a very, you know, there, there's some heavy gun laws there. So it's just, it was shocking. Well, when that happened, the prime minister felt so terrible that, that, that it happened in her country. She just opened up her arms towards Islam and, and just, they, she had a big memorial for the shooting in this massive cricket stadium. She dressed up, you know, in the in the head garb. Mm -hmm. They actually put her face, a, a digital rendition of her face, on the tallest building in the world, in the country of Dubai, as like a symbol of honor for for welcoming the Islamic faith. And so when that happened, she really tried to just kind of push things through through Islam. Um, I, I don't know if it's if it's going to law yet. I don't even know if it's it's still on the on the table. But she tried to get where once a week in the public school system, the children stopped and prayed to Allah. Wow. She was trying to get that through. And I, I don't believe it's gone through yet if, she, if she's even still trying to do that. But it, it, when that happened, there was kind of a shift in the country with like just this, this idea of let's just open up to everyone and everything. You know, mm -hmm. and where that's, I think, where you get that, that truth is your truth type of thing. We don't want to offend anyone. Yeah. We, want, we want to stay peaceful. We want to stay yeah, everyone's good side. So. Yeah. Now, if that happened in America, I mean, 
people would be having a heart attack. Oh. They'd be lighting their hair on fire, mm -hmm. you know, and they'd be fighting it out. Yes. Uh, and whether that was Islam or Christianity, you right. know, people wouldn't put up with that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. What is the, uh, what's the funniest story you've got for us while being on deputation? You've been living, I mean, literally living out of a vehicle with two babies for 10 weeks. And prior to that, you're one little girl. Mm -hmm. So you got to have some, you know, funny stories Boy. trying to drive around the country. And yeah. Um, so there was one we were in Wyoming mm -hmm. and uh, we're driving down the road and, and we're, we're just going to stop and get lunch, I think. And as we're pulling off the highway, I just, I just smelled something terrible. Mm -hmm. oh, man, what is that smell? Becca was sleeping. And so I thought, man, what is going on? And, and I turn around and Nola at this point is probably, she's maybe 10 months, mm -hmm. maybe. And, uh, she's just kind of sleeping and I'm thinking, well, certainly it's not her. So we mm -hmm. stop and get out and Becca goes, Hey, can you, can you get Nola? I said, sure. So she goes, I, I go around the van, I open the van. And as I'm getting out of her car seat, she is just covered from like oh, no. rear end to neck mm -hmm. in Feces. diaper blowout yeah oh my and soul. so i grab her and i'm just i look down and, and i'm you're just like oh boy covered. yeah yeah needed a hazmat suit. yes yeah and so becca starts getting things ready and, and she took this photo I'll, maybe you can post it <laughs> i'll send it to you and i'm holding nola mm -hmm. and my my face is just up like this oh yeah and I am you're just, turning green oh man so that that for that portion of driving that's probably the funnest story the funniest story now it wasn't funny in the moment was we were staying up in a on a home mm. We were on, at, at a church, and the pastor was like, hey, we're going to take you out into the country afterwards. Stay with us. It'd mm -hmm. be great. So we go out there. The service ends, and we get to the house. It's probably a half hour from the church. We were way out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he goes, oh, well, why don't you go ahead and, and, and step outside? I'll get everything ready inside. So we go outside, and he's showing us the horses and stuff they have. And and so it's like, all right, all right. I, I think my wife said you're good. So we walk upstairs and walk into our bedroom we're going to sleep in. And as soon as we walk in this bedroom, I knew this is going to be an awful night. Oh, no. And there's just 20 there, cats. Oh, there's just hair everywhere that she takes us into the bathroom. Uh huh. And there's like used soap. On, uh -huh. on, it looked like no one had been in this bathroom for literally 10 years. There yeah. was there was a, a ring around the toilet. Sure. And so we have to stay here for a whole night. Yeah. And I'm thinking we're not going to be able to do this. So I thought, let's just stay outside as long as we can. So uh -huh. we go downstairs and and uh, the wife is now showing me and Nola mm -hmm. the horses. Well, as this is happening, this cat comes up and Noah's petting this cat and, you know, just loving up on it. And she goes, oh, 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 I probably should have told you um, that we, we think something's wrong with the cat. I'm like, excuse me. And I look down and, yeah, this, this and your cat, daughter's like on the cat. Yeah. And this it, yeah. cat looks up and meows at me. It's missing teeth. There's chunks of fur coming off of it. I'm like, <laughs> does it have the, the plague? Right. Put this thing life. down. <laughs> and so I, I pick up Noah. Now I'm frustrated. So we go mm -hmm. back inside and he, he insists that we stayed until the next night mm -hmm. and had breakfast with him mm -hmm. and we're just trying to get out of breakfast as long as we can yeah. you know and he, he finally says no please stay so we stay and we go to pray mm -hmm. for breakfast and he's like we usually hold hands would you mind holding hands uh-huh sure sure at this point yeah whatever yeah so we all hold hands and about halfway through i i start feeling this this tickle mm -hmm. on my thumb and the pastor is rubbing the inside of my thumb like that little that little yeah. crevice while, while holding your hand while holding my hand and while praying. praying. So I instantly go into a sweat. 
I'm thinking. How old was this guy? Could he have like just mistakenly, like he's so used to holding his wife's hand that he forgot? Well, I he, mean, what do you think at that point? At, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, what do I think? I don't know that'd be good for the airways. Um, I just thought to myself, I want to be in the van. Uh-huh. And so um, we we finished praying. We ate as quick as we could, got on the road. We get down about a, a mile down the road, and Becca goes, I think I forgot my phone. Yeah. So we we'll have to buy turn. you a new one. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up turning back around. And it, that was probably, it's the funniest thing now. Sure. But it was just so awful. In the so moment. uncomfortable. Yeah. So that was, have yeah. you ever been to a church where you just up and left? Like to give you an example, I, I'm self-employed and I go and give guys bids that, you know, to go do this or that in construction. And, and I've had a few times where I'm at a customer's house for 15 minutes, walking around, talking to them about what they want done. And I'm like, you know what? Good luck. And I pat them on the back and I just walk away because it is so ridiculous what they're asking for. And they've clearly only hired the cheapest guys ever. And I don't want to work for this guy. And I got a bad feeling and just everything's lining up where I'm like, man, I just don't want anything to do with this. Have you ever had that in a church where you're just like, you know what, sweetie, go ahead, get in the car. We're out of here. And you just screech the tires on the way out of the parking lot. Uh, I would, I know the answer (laughs) is no, no, but I was, I was seconds away from one. Okay. Um, and that wasn't the one where the pastor was. That was not that hand. one. Yeah, it was no. a different one. Okay, yeah, yeah that was uh, in our home state of Ohio, and uh, we had a guy, and he he literally uh, he, he said that his people he wanted to reach was people who were previously incarcerated. That, okay, that was his heart. Got it. Prison so, ministry. Yeah. Okay. But Got he it. just started this church, and, yeah. and everything was you know going good and. And Becca had just had Noah. This was really early on, like yeah. probably our 10th church. Okay. And uh, man, she she was downstairs in this unfinished basement. That was the nursery. Mm-hmm. So, you know, drywall dust everywhere. She's yeah. nursing Noah down there. And she came back up late into the service. And from the pulpit, she she sat about midway. I was up in the front row. And from the pulpit, he called her out and goes, woman, what are you doing? What, what, why are you sitting back there? And she's carrying a you know car sure, seat and a baby. Yeah, yeah. And so she's uh, what? Yeah. yeah. What do you? How do you answer that? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, "You get up here. You sit with him." Oh my get up here. soul! And, and he just so braves her in front, stops his preaching. Oh my soul! Then continues to preach for an hour and a half. On I can't remember. Oh, of course thing not. From, yeah, yeah, you're not thinking. Yeah, right. And uh, and then afterwards, he we we waited for the people to walk out, and he was going to take us to lunch. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I think we're okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be all right. Yeah. And so he gave us a love offering and, and we went on our way. I mean, it was, it was awkward. It was, it was, I was so mad. Wow. Like, you don't, you don't come after my wife like that. You yeah. Know, I mean, you want to do it to me. That's fine. I'll, I got, you know, I'll handle it. But oh my soul. Not my wife. Who's literally weeks postpartum. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on brother. So, so that was the most awkward. That was the most <laughs> awkward in church moment of, of my life. Period. Like not even deputation that goes to life. <laughs> So yeah, that was, that was terrible. Uh, well, you know what? Um, that's when you, uh, you pray and you thank God that you're not a member of that church. That's right. You know, and you pray for the poor people that's got to put up with a guy like that. In that same sermon, he called, he called someone an idiot and he said to another person, I don't even want to be your friend. And they're members of his church. He said that from the pulpit. To people that were there. there. Yep. yep. Wow. To people that were there. Love of Jesus. Love of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's the spirit. <laughs> Okay. So you were 
in Ohio serving there for how long before you went on deputation? Uh, two school years. Okay. Yep. So not two calendar years, it's two years of school. Tell me some lessons you learned about working in a church in those two years. Because there's a big difference between going to Bible college and being in a church and working with people, sure. you know, and being in the trenches. Yeah. Go. How about this? What was a shock to you from what you expected in Bible college to the reality when you got to churches? Churches in in, in the ministries I've worked in, you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, because you worked in one in New Jersey. Yep. You worked in one in Ohio. Yep. And did you do any work in Las Vegas? Were you there for any period of time? I did. Yep. So I was an intern there, basically an assistant to my father-in-law for just under a year. Okay. So so you have experience all over the country in three different churches working there. Right. Okay. Um, I would say this. And and think of this. You're talking to Bible college students right now. You're talking to young guys that are in Bible college that want to get out and serve the Lord. They want to get into a church. What do they need to know? Number one, not, not every pastor is your envisionment of a pastor. Yeah. Um, every pastor is different. And, and you need to, I'm just talking about Bible college students, you need to be able to to an extent, adapt to that pastor. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying become that pastor. I'm not sure. saying just be his yes man, mm -hmm. but understand that you you need to make sure that you can handle that pastor's mentality. Yeah. His personality. His personality. Yep. Yeah. His attitude towards ministry. Because a lot of these kids that are going to end up in Bible college, they've really had two pastors their whole life. That's they right. came from a church and then the pastor that runs the church that, uh, you know, the Bible college is out of. Yep. So those are their only two experiences. Yeah. And let's face it, the Bible college they go to, obviously that pastor has some success because, you know, right. churches my size don't start a Bible college, you know, so you had to have grown a church to a substantial size to be able to support that. So that guy's got something figured out. And then you got the church that you came from. Mm -hmm. So then you're going to be going somewhere else. And the guy that you're going to be working for. That's right. Could be very, very different. Right. And in, in your, your idea of this, this beautiful schedule of ministry, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to get up and I'll have coffee with my wife and mm -hmm. we'll go eight to five in the office, come home, have evenings together. Yeah. Like keep dreaming. Yeah. Because number one, that, that big church where your Bible college is at, there's 75 to hundred staff members. Sure. That are doing those things. All, all the different the, things, yep. including mowing the lawn, yep. including painting what needs painted. And yep. guess what? The church you're starting at. Congratulations. That's yeah. you. <laughs> that's you. Yep. And so that's number one. And then number two, um, just just learn to be content where you're at mm -hmm. i i you know that i had some different situations in, in my ministry experiences growing or even before deputation and just my advice is don't be looking for the next thing down the road mm -hmm. just if if you know god has you there you need to be content in that and then just just do your best and, and work work your hardest and if one day you want to kind of use that first ministry as a platform, well, then that's great, but, but do your best where you're at. Um, and then I would say thirdly, um, have patience, mm -hmm. have patience and just and never quit. Never, never give up. If you know that God has called you to something, 
then by his grace, he'll fulfill that through you. And uh, just don't give up. Don't quit. Don't, uh, when things get tough, don't throw in the towel. When, when, when circumstances don't plan out the way you thought they would, you know, welcome to life. Yeah. Ministry in a lot of ways is like getting married. Uh, it's going to be hard. There are going to be some really hard times. There's going to be a lot of hard work. There are going to be a lot of things you didn't expect. You know, the, the, so one of the running jokes that one of my best friends, this guy, Scott, he went to North Valley Baptist church, um, Jack Treber and, uh, what's the, what's the Bible college? Golden State. Golden State Baptist college. And for him and a bunch of his friends that, you know, graduated and went off and started churches around the country, their running joke was, well, they didn't teach me that in Bible college. Yes. You know, yes. <laughs> they would oh, say that like, so true. you know, once every week where you run into something and you're like, man, I never thought I was going to be dealing with this. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And even, even things like I was telling you earlier, this thing's what not to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I learned so many things, what not to do that we never learned in Bible college, Yeah. you know, and, and I'm thankful that I learned them. They were sometimes hard to deal with. Yeah. But so thankful because then that, that, that helps me to avoid that mistake later on down the road. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, I think, um, ministry is, is one of the best teachers. Mm-hmm. You can have all the book smarts in the world, but when you got someone who comes to you and, and their marriage is a wreck, yeah, you know, go to the Bible, go to God's word, ask for grace and, and, and man, let him, let him use you because you're probably not going to find a Bible college notepad. Sure, that has the answer or the textbook. That right, yeah. Well, and you know something, I'll tell you what. I, I have a couple of guys around the country that I really love and respect, and I still bring them things where I'm like, "Hey, uh, this is a new one for me. I don't know what to do mm-hmm. here, and uh, this is what I'm thinking." But you know, I'd like you to weigh in on this. Yeah, you know, and I've never been the guy to to think that I have all the answers. I I don't think that's going to be good for me or anybody else. So I always like to go to someone with a little bit more wisdom and experience than me and get a second set of eyes on it to try to figure out, yeah, you know, what to do. And I think that's smart. Right. And even even for for young people in ministry, don't go into your first ministry thinking that you know, yeah, here I am. I, I I'm this I'm this pastor's like. This pastor is thankful to you. Better be thankful to have me. Yeah, Yeah, I've arrived. Yeah, here we go. Because it's gonna, you'll find out real quick that you don't know much. You know, you and I, um, when we were when we were at lunch, we were talking about leadership, and you know, I brought up in the Gospels how Jesus paints a picture of what leadership in a church is supposed to be, and what Jesus did was he got down on his hands and knees and he washed the feet of those that were in his church. And I think whenever we go into ministry with that type of mindset that I'm there to serve, and I, it, it, the Bible says, you know. Uh, he who is first will be last. That's, that's the goal. So, so top down leadership means I'm supposed to be last. I'm supposed to be the servant of all. And when I go into it with that mindset, it's a lot harder for me to be disappointed. It's a lot harder for me to have my feelings hurt. It's a lot harder for me to, um, feel defeated and want to give up because my job is to serve all of these people. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And and it's just, and having that mentality, it, it helps you so much. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about what this person thinks of me. Hey, I know God's called me here and I'm just going to serve and let him do the rest. It, it's so it's, it's, there's so much Liberty in that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to live up to something or live up to this name and just try to be someone just serve Yeah, and, and let God take care of the rest. And uh, man, I tell you what, that is, 
that's a freeing uh, place to be mentally mm-hmm. for sure. So, okay. So you guys are going to be getting ready um, to go apply and leave for New Zealand in just a couple of months. That's the goal. How many more churches are you going to be going to visit? Uh, we have, let's see, after you, we have, um, let's see, two, three, four, I'd say five to seven. I have to check my calendar, but um, not, not, not too many. I mean, just ones that we had on the calendar before we, we honestly weren't, we were not expecting to be here you know, this time last year, we thought for sure we'd be in New Zealand already. Mm. Um, but since it was it a COVID thing that slowed everything down. It was. Yeah. So the new variant is what kind of changed everything. There was, there was talk that first of the year we'd be able to apply. So um, it was new. It was on New Zealand's end. It wasn't like you weren't able to get meetings here and that, that slowed you down. It was New Zealand correct. that changed things. Correct. Yeah. So when New Zealand at the first year, they went to a, uh, what they call a traffic light system, mm-hmm. red light, green light. Sure. And so we all have those cute uh, levels. Yeah. You know, oh, it's plaid today. Yeah, That's the, right. we're, we're at plaid. Check the chart, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. What can we do? Yeah. So when that happened, they, they, they kept the borders closed. Mm-hmm. And then just really, I think around March, being a March, they implemented this five-phase reopening system. And that's when we found out, okay, our phase is going to be October 1st. Mm-hmm. So we thought, we'll just keep the meetings that we had, then we're going to be here. Well, then they pushed everything up now to August 1st. So that's a blessing to us. But sure. yeah, just because, and I just think to myself, you know, I've, I've done the work to call and, and kind of make these connections. Yeah. You know, obviously the Lord has allowed it. So yeah. that's just, that's just pushed through. Is there any requirements over in New Zealand as far as getting the shot? There is. Yep. So if you're a New Zealand citizen, you do not have to be vaccinated to reenter the country. But if you're not. But if you're not, you have to get vaccinated. Yep. To what age? Uh, right now it is 12. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Cause we had a couple of guys that were talking about that as far as they didn't know how it was going to work, mm-hmm. you know, with getting the shot. And obviously people have different views on that. Was New Zealand a pretty serious lockdown country? I mean, I wasn't checking on New Zealand or listening very much. I sure was listening about Australia. Yeah. And that was the most crazy thing I've heard in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, has new, was New Zealand really Oh yeah. They like, in fact, they, the prime minister has been praised worldwide for how she's handled it. Oh, that means it's a train. Oh yeah. It was crazy. So for the first six weeks, um, it was complete isolation. You couldn't leave your home. You basically go to the grocery store when your number was called and the hospital. And that was it. And it was for, and then for, after that, they went 102 days with zero cases of COVID. And they opened everything up within the country. I mean, mm. they, they didn't even have masks. Yeah. I mean, they, were, they were fine. Well, then uh, a family of four in Auckland got the virus. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, everything locked down again. And so I, I know pastors. Because that, one family got it, the whole yeah. country locked down. Yep. There was a, a man who got it from his vaccinated wife. Mm-hmm. And they thought, how could this be? Like, we have records. She was vaccinated. And sure. it, it, it just it shocked them. And so they just thought we got this is let's lock this place down. So did it again, and it was during that time in Auckland, I, like our our pastor that we're gonna work with, he didn't see his his congregation for like over a hundred days. Wow. It, yeah, it was it was really tough on them, and so they they were very very tight, very very restricted, um, but by God's grace, they're coming out of it. Wow. So, praise the Lord. Her, the prime minister's approval rate has now plummeted. Because the New Zealand citizens are just tired of it. 
And yeah. So- and, and that was kind of one of the things I was wondering is where are they now? Because I don't know if you heard about, and this has been a little while, it m- might have been a couple of months now, but England, Ireland, Scotland, they all came out and they're like, hey, guess what? We're done. Mm-hmm. They're like, yep. we've reached herd immunity. It's over. Yeah. No more masks, no more shots, no more lockdowns. We're not even going to allow you to talk about COVID. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. And they were just like, everything's opened up. See, you know, see you next year. Yep. And um, so has new is New Zealand there? They're not there yet. No, they like I said, they still require the vaccine. Uh, their their national airline, Air New Zealand, mm-hmm. you have to be vaccinated to fly with them. Um, they make it really difficult right now to to get certain jobs without the vaccine. Mm. So they, they don't technically come out and say you have to have it, but they make it pretty difficult to get it. Yeah. So they want you to get it. Um, there's some guys I've talked to who think that, um, this, our summertime, mm-hmm. which is their winter, yeah. uh, they might change it kind of what England did where you just open everything up again, but I'm not holding my breath. That's for sure. So yeah, it's, they're pretty tight. Wow. Okay. So let's see. Other than that, um, are you guys fully funded and ready to go? We are. Yep. How long do you stay on the mission field once you get there? And and you're with BIMI, so you have gone through additional training for being a missionary with that missions agency. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing you've taken classes in Bible college. That's correct. Yep. Having to do with missions. Yes. What do you expect as far as you get to the field? When does when do churches start to dip off in supporting you? When do you have to come back to America and make the rounds again? Are do they have numbers for that and what you expect? Is that something that um so for us personally, we will be in New Zealand for that whole first visa. We so don't, you have to be there for two and a half years. Yeah, I don't because I believe I have to double check on this, but I believe there's some restrictions that could if we leave the country for a certain amount of days. Yeah. It could hurt us when we apply. When you apply for, for citizenship or exactly. whatever. Okay. So we want to be there at least until we get residency. Mm-hmm. My goal is hopefully that when we get that residency, fly back to the states, report to some churches. Mm-hmm. Then when we go back, you know, be there as we start the new work. You really want to be there as long yeah, as you can. Exactly. You can't leave a brand new work. No. No. So what are the numbers as far as churches that take you on and just support you until you die versus, you know, churches that are going to peter out? Sure. Because um, I mean, some churches, they close, a pastor dies, the church wasn't yeah. that big or financially strong or whatever. I mean, obviously things happen. Yeah. Um, as far as what people have told me, most of them will say the duration that you're there. Okay. Um, which is a blessing. Others, I, I have a few that say you have to come back every three to four years and report to that church. They want you physically coming back. Right. Okay. Which just for us, that's just not feasible. There's just no mm-hmm. way to be able to do that. So we'll, we won't have them for too long. Um, I have, I have a church that, that basically at a certain time period, they check up on us, see what we're doing, how mm-hmm. it's going. Yeah. And then they either extend or stop their support. Uh, so it, it, there's kind of a variation of, of of how it how it works, but most of the time, at least with our in our case, we've had people who who will say we'll do it as long as you're alive, essentially. Sure. So now, I don't know if churches are going to get on board with this, but I mean nowadays with technology, you would be able to visit their church remotely 
from New Zealand. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys have Wi-Fi down there, right? right. You know, so yeah. you really could check in that way. I don't know what the benefit would be of you physically being there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would be okay with that. Absolutely. Um, it's just kind of the pastor's flavor. I think a lot of it is, you know, some of these churches, you know, a new pastor comes or he still, wants to check up on all the missionaries. Exactly. And, or you get, you get, you know, over years, over the years, by God's grace, new people come in mm-hmm. and, you know, they want these new people to see, you know, I, I was just at a church just yesterday yeah, and uh, they've been supporting us since uh, January of last year. So just over a year. And I saw new faces just within a year. Sure. So to see them, you know, that that's good for me to meet them and for them to see us. It helps with prayer. It helps with mm-hmm. just having a burden for the country. And and there's nothing like seeing someone in person who's, who's you know, actively doing the work. So I, I think that's probably part of it. Again, with, with COVID, it really changed a lot. I mean, you can, a lot of, I, I went to three churches through FaceTime. Really? Yeah, on deputation. Never, never visited, and and some took us on. So, okay. Yeah, it just it's just based on the pastor, really. Okay, so let me ask you this, and the, um, I don't know how well you're going to be able to answer this question. What is getting in the way of missions being successful and missionaries getting the support they need, and you know Christianity? thriving through missions. What do you, what do you think? This is a brainstorming session. There's no wrong answers. Okay. You've been on deputation. You're done. You're ready to go to the country. You're going to start, you're already doing the paperwork. So you've been through this side. Now you're now comes the tough part, which is going over there and working for this church. And then two, three years later is going to come another tough step when you're going to get out on your own and start a church in the place that you're planning on it. What are we failing at as pastors of churches? What is Christianity failing at, you know, that keeps missions from being successful? I think, I think in my case, um, I just saw a lot of this, this mold that we had to fit into for Mm -hmm. so many churches. Um, In fundamentalism? (laughs) Never. No. And just, it just, um, I just think that sometimes these, these missionaries who are trying to get to the field, they are calling or emailing these pastors trying to get a visit. And the pastor has this preconceived idea in his head that this is how I've done ministry here. Sure. I, I enjoy how it's gone. I see success in it. So they better be like this. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, well then that's probably not gonna be successful. So I'm going to not have them in. Yeah. Well, that's great that it worked in Minneapolis, Minnesota. But that might not be the same as Daytona, Florida, right? Or yeah, or even New Zealand or Africa. I mean, I mean, we're not saying to not use the Bible in this place or that. I mean, we're still using the same book. We're still preaching the same message, right? But the fact is, people are different. Cultures a little different. You know, and in yeah. missions, obviously, we're even dealing with greater cultural and language differences. And sure, yeah, sure. and just you know, I mean, I think of, you know, just certain certain comments I've heard from pastors, and just their mentality is, well, you know, let's got to figure it out. And and yeah, we're gonna have to figure. It, we're gonna have to think outside the box. And New Zealand is, is the official religion of New Zealand is no religion. Really, that's their as of 2019. That is their. There's more people that claim no religion. Anything else? Wow. Now, atheism isn't even included in that. Yeah, that's its own religion. So you know, 
I mean, good luck knocking on a door. Sure. And I'm, I'm not saying that uh, you don't do that. Yeah. But, but you know, that might, that mentality that works in the South mm-hmm. probably doesn't work here in Grand Junction, mm-hmm. you know? So there's just, I think it's just this, this preconceived idea that we, we make so many restrictions on all these missionaries that have to be, they have to be just like us in every yeah. aspect or they're out. My wife and I were talking about that on the drive home from uh, lunch. And we were saying that if pastors that support a missionary require the missionary to be exactly like they are, well, that means that only one out of 10 churches is going to support that guy because all of these churches are a little different. That's right. And But they're not okay with any variance whatsoever to a point where we're stopping the gospel from getting out there. And you know, one thing that I've always felt comfortable with as a Christian is when I pay my tithe, I don't have to worry about it anymore. It will be spent wisely or it will be spent foolishly, but it has nothing to do with me at that point. Mm -hmm. My job is to make sure that I'm obedient on my end and that's it. And I do hope and pray that, you know, the church that I'm a member of of is doing a good job with the money. But as a Christian, I know I've done my part. And as a pastor, I can think the same thing. I try to find missionaries that I feel comfortable with. They're hard workers. They're go-getters. They're people, you know, uh, they are a people person. They're going to get along with people. And I think they have the best chance of success because I do want our dollars to be invested wisely. But beyond that, you know, it's like, uh, look, we took you on, you know, it's between you and God. You're, you're the one that's going to have to stand before him and answer him. We were faithful on our part. We're giving the money out. That's right. You know, and, and it's that easy. And unfortunately, I think a lot of pastors really want, like you said, their exact identical work replicated yep. somewhere. And if it, if it is, you know, more than a 2% variance outside of what they're okay with, then it's no good. And we were, you know, kind of laughing and joking about this earlier, but we claim to be independent Baptist. We seem to have forgotten what independent means. Right. right. Okay. You're, you're, you run your church. Mm-hmm. I don't. When you go off and start your church in the South Island, that's your church. It's not mm-hmm. mine. I yeah. have no say in any of it. You and your members are going to figure it out and vote on everything and you're going to do it and you're going to go to God for answers and that's it. Yeah. You know, I don't have to be a part of it, you know, and then, our church is going to be run the way our people do it, you know, and it's okay that it's different. And it's a shame, you know, when I hear that, because I've, I've talked to missionaries and they can't get their foot in the door at a church because they went to a different Bible college than the pastor of that church. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that quick and and it's over and it's, it's always a shame to hear that. And I I think also too, unfortunately it, 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 it affects the missionaries genuineness mm-hmm. i'll never forget early on when i was calling and trying to book schedules i called this pastor and he was he'd say he's more conservative and which mm-hmm. is fine yeah and um i found myself you know as he's just talk, we're just talking and i'm going yeah yeah amen amen you know, amen so i'm gonna hang off the phone I, I got i got the meeting and then i called this other church five minutes literally five minutes later and he would say i would say he was a little more non-conservative yeah but I found myself saying, yeah, yeah, amen, amen, yeah. just trying to get a meeting, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I hung up the phone. And you're thinking, I'm to, yourself, thinking to yourself, wait a minute, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, if if I try to become this chameleon everywhere I go, yeah. 
someone's going to get offended. Sure. And so I just need to be me. Yep. If they want to have me in, they'll have me in. If not, well, then that's okay too. I'll, I'll trust the Lord to give me the meetings. Yep. I'll trust the Lord to raise the support. And from that point forward, I just, I know I just kind of, this might sound bad, but I just got over it. Like, yeah. Who cares? I, I ultimately answer to the Lord. Yeah. And, and I, I can't just send these emails, make these phone calls one way. Yep. And then uh, knowing full well, I'm not that way. Cause it, you, that's a politician. Yeah. That's absolutely. what a politician does. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. And, and that really helped me just to kind of be content mm-hmm. in, 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 in the timing of everything, in the traveling, in the, in the, the churches we went to. I mean, yeah, you just, you, it really is uh, something you just have to get real with yourself and say, listen, this is who you are. Yeah. Be that person. Don't try to manipulate. Don't try to fake it till you make it. Just be you. You know, I've been in fundamentalism for 20 years now, and I've been in a lot of churches all around the country. And the, it wasn't until I learned that lesson and I was okay with who I am. And I could be comfortable with myself, even though it was a little different from some of these other guys. That's where I found uh, peace. And that's where I found that I can just go to God. And so long as I'm trying to please him, it doesn't matter if everyone else is pleased. And it was the best place to be. And when you go off and you start your own church, that is going to be attractive to people because they're going to say, I believe him and they can trust you because every you've been around phonies. How many independent Baptist churches have you been in in, in America? Yeah. You can smell a phony when you pull in the parking lot. Okay. Yeah. We've all been around them and it is, it's not genuine. It's not attractive. Uh, you know, so when you are yourself, I think people, they'll let their guard down, they'll be comfortable, and you really have a chance to then get to know them and love them and change their life and help them to, you know, be a lot more like the Lord. So it's encouraging to hear that, you know, you learn that lesson on deputation rather than when you're 60 years old and at the end of your ministry. So we have reached the end of the hour. Greg, what's been your favorite part of this episode? Oh, man, I would say just just being able just to share, you know, about New Zealand, share the burden. And just, uh, I don't know, I guess just try to help people to understand that uh, th- there's there's trials and missions and there's some things that need to be fixed. But I, one thing I've learned over the last however many months it's been, uh, missions is moving forward. Mm-hmm. And we can be thankful in that. If, man, if you turn on the news and you think, even after 30 minutes of watching the news, man, yeah. we, are, we are hopeless. Yeah, it's over. It's over. It's, it's not. There mm-hmm. are churches just like this one here all over the country that want to reach people with, with the salvation of Jesus Christ. And they want it. They want to see people saved. You want people to grow in the Lord. And, uh, I don't think God's done yet. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, uh, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, Greg, I'm just going to go ahead and say, cause everyone's thinking that you have a voice for radio. You need to start a podcast when you get to New Zealand. Okay. I'm telling you, you All have right. a voice for it. Wow. Whether the content's there, we'll <laughs> right. see. I haven't yeah. heard you preach yet. Right. So I don't know if you can preach your way out of a paper bag, yeah. but you definitely have the voice for it. So awesome. I okay. It. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, please be sure to check us out on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. That's every Sunday night at 7 p.m. And then if you are watching us on uh, one of the, uh, if you're watching the video, please be sure to get on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, TuneIn Radio, basically anywhere you can find a podcast and follow us on Bible Thumper. And we will appreciate that. And we'll see you next week.
Thank you, Greg, for coming. And everybody have a good night.